I believe that, um, I think Jonathan Rice was the last guest speaker we had here. Um, I think he might have spoke out of John 15. Did he talk about this scripture? About your, your relationship with God? I want to talk about it a little bit. I want to I stretch you in a little bit, okay? Are you okay with that? I mean, you should be excited now. Come on, right? Jesus is overcome. You're an overcomer. And so I want to stretch you this morning. I want to help you. I want to maybe either remind things that you've read in the Word or show you something new through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Father, we need you today. Jesus, you are the vine. We are the branches. And apart from you, we can do nothing. So this morning, we want to abide in you. More than abide, we want, to, we want to flow in you. We want to be in the Spirit. We want to be fruitful, as you call us to be fruitful. So Lord, today, open our minds and our spirits to the Word today. Open up what you're going to do in our lives, God. And we give our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. John 15, 1 through 8 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will, it, will be, it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man or a woman or person remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my word remains in you, check this out. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Then if you go down to verse 16, real quick. Verse 16, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And then verse 17, this is my command. Love each other. Amen? When you think about this, this, this account that Jesus is, and, and you think about what does it mean to abide in Jesus? And I, I believe Pastor Jonathan talked a little bit about that. I'm going to throw a little bit about that. But what does Jesus mean when he says, cut off every branch? that bears no fruit. What does Jesus mean by saying, apart from Him, you and I can do nothing? What, what's it, who, who is He talking about? Who are the branches? Who is the, the true vine? Who is the gardener? What does all this have to do about me paying my bills tomorrow? What does this have to do about me uh, getting married or being single or, 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 or dealing with taxes and, and politics? What does this all have to do? This has everything to do with helping you not just get by but to thrive. You see, the God wants you to thrive. Amen? He wants you to flourish. He doesn't want you just to survive. There are survival seasons. That just happens. It's just the way it is. There are lean seasons. There are sick seasons. It's a cycle. But the secret is in the vine. The secret is when you and I begin to learn, you know what? Through thick and thin, Jesus is Jesus. And as long as I keep in Him, I will have everything that I need for life. I hope you're ready for this. Okay, so here it is. As you know, Jesus liked to use dramatic pictures, stories, and accounts. And I, I can imagine this. This is, this is just a little bit before Jesus is, is about to, to receive the Last Supper. This is a little bit before Jesus is to be betrayed. This is just before Jesus is about to be crucified. And just imagine that. I believe Jesus, maybe, maybe after a meal, they had some, some hummus. 
Maybe they had some, some naan or some pita bread, you know, some lamb. And uh, See, I always talk about food. Because it's in the Bible. Okay? And, and so, so I imagine that they had a nice little meal. And, and so maybe they munched on some grapes or something like that. And so Jesus says, hey, let's go out into the vineyard. So you walk. How many of you know what a vineyard is? How many of you are awake today? Okay, a vineyard is where they grow grapes. Grapes for eating, grapes for wine, grapes for other stuff, okay? So imagine Jesus takes his disciples out and, and he shows them the vineyard and he says, he says, Jesus says, I am the vine, I am, I am the main trunk. You are the branches. I'm, maybe him pointing. God is the gardener who takes care of this. And every branch in me bears fruit. Look at these grapes, disciples, check this out. And every branch, and maybe there were some branches to the side that, that had no grapes, and they were maybe withered. And, and he said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, of course, and then maybe there was a sick branch, and he cut it off. Some of you have already taken notes. Awesome. So imagine this. Jesus is identifying each part, and he's showing them, he's showing them this powerful story. Okay? Imagine. Imagine your life without the life of Jesus. You can't do it. I talk to people and I say, I don't know how people make it in this world without Jesus. I mean, life is tough, amen? So let's talk about this letter A. We got it. You're writing this down. Letter A. Jesus identifies each part of the vineyard. Number one, the vine is Jesus. The vine is Jesus. Now, again, if you've ever been to a vineyard, there's usually a trellis, right? You follow with me? And in the trellis, in the middle of the trellis, is, is a trunk. This is the vine. This is the trunk. This is where all the nutrients, there's roots down into the ground. It's strong. Uh, and, and all the branches go out from the trellis on, onto the trellis, right? Because they want to grow grapes. And they're lifted up off the ground. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that trunk, you can cut, that, you can cut the branches off, but the trunk will still live. Because it's the source. You see, you and I need to remain in the source, right? Jesus. Jesus is, he is the vine. He is the trunk, Okay. Living, abiding in Jesus will bring you life. Remember I said this last week, John 6.35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and who who believes in me will never go thirsty. Jesus then said later in John 14, He said, I am the, the, the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father. So Jesus is the way. Amen? So the secret, you want to know this? People pay thousands of dollars for the secret. You know what the secret of life is? Jesus. Jesus is the secret to life. He is your life. He is what will sustain you. So the second part of this, letter number two, is the branches are his followers. Say, I'm a branch. Some of you aren't too excited about that, right? I'm not a branch. I'm African. I'm Italian. I'm Latino. I mean, no, you're a branch. Sometimes Jesus refers to us as sheep. That's a whole other sermon. We are the people of God. Amen? So, so this is branches. If you look at a, 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 a vineyard and, and you look at the trellis, the branches are carefully tended by the, the vine dresser. He, he wants them to be fruitful. He wants them to be healthy. So he lifts them up. We'll talk a little bit more about that, okay? So we are those branches that grow out of Jesus. We come out of Jesus. We've got to be connected to him, right? Jesus uses this concept to say we are to produce fruit. We'll talk more about that. Our fruit is to reach people. Our fruit is to be godly witnesses. Amen? We are to be dependent upon Jesus. Amen? How many of you know that coffee runs out? Jack Daniels is going to crash your car. Right? Black Bennies are going to kill you. Amen? Jumping off and doing bungee jumping and all that stuff. Your adrenaline can only last for so long. But Jesus will never give you a headache. 
Jesus won't crash your car. Jesus will make you want to commit suicide. Jesus will not leave you in the gutter somewhere or somewhere else you don't want to be. Amen? Amen. Jesus is your source of life. Stay with Him. He will never leave you high. He will never leave you dry. He will give you life. Amen? Amen. So the third thing now is the vineyard keeper is God the Father. You see, God is watching over us. How do you know that, right? Some of us would think, God, where are you? Some of you even thought this week, God, don't you even care? He says, I care very much for you. I'm watching over your life. Yes, I see the tough times. Yes, I'm sorry these things are happening. But it's either a couple things. Part of it's just life. Part of it, God is pruning junk off of your life. Part of it, God is, is forming you and push, twisting you and putting you in places that you don't want to be so you can grow. And it hurts sometimes, right? You see, the, the, the vine keeper, the, the vine dresser, the gardener is God the Father. He cares for you. He loves you. In fact, Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to destroy you. Plans to beat you up. No, it doesn't say that, does it? What does it say? Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. What an awesome God. Amen? Amen. So God wants to care for you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to grow, but we have to be open to that. The fourth thing. The fourth thing is, is the fruit. There, there was fruit on the vine. The fruit is the good works of Jesus' disciples. You see, you can't be a Christian and not bear fruit. Uh-oh. You can't say you're a Christian if you're not living Christ-like. The fruit of the Spirit is going to come out of your life. And I, I work on that. Especially driving down 270. Lord, let the fruit of the Spirit flow because there's the fruit of something else wanting to come out of my life. Can I just confess to you? As you know, I'm shy. I'm laid back. Uh, and and I, 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 I struggle. I'm not, I struggle because I'm a type A type a little bit. I'm not like overdrive. But when I get in the car and I got things to do, I want to go and get things done. When I go shopping, and, and forgive me if, if this is you, but I don't like getting behind people just kind of meander down the middle of the hall, walking down, you know. I'm like, hey, I got to get over to the bread. Get out of the way. I got to get to the bread. And from the bread, I got to get to the milk. From the milk, I got to get the hammer. Get out of the way. And even like in Disney, I know it's like, we, we, we're in Disney weeks, and it's people just like, you know, uh, and they have their iPad out taking pictures, and they're like this narrow way, I'm like, get moving. You see the thousand people behind me pushing me? I'm going to push you in the name of Jesus. So I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, love, suffer, long suffering, help me, Jesus. Amen? So you got to say, God, let this fruit out of my life, Amen? You gotta say, Lord, let this fruit out of my life. Let the good things of God come out of my life. Amen? Let's talk about some of the truths. Are you doing, ready? Are you doing good? Let her be truths from the vineyard that can change your life. If you listen with your spirit, if you listen with your mind, if you listen with your intellect, God has given you today, I believe the Spirit of God is gonna speak something into you. The first thing is, is and I know it's tight, the, the vineyard shows God has purpose for you. You hear me preach this often. Why? Because I think the church has had identity theft. We have let political correctness tell us who we are. We've let Fox News and MSNBC, we've let the Democrats and Republicans tell us who we are. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We need to start acting like it. We get our orders from Jesus, not from all those other sources. All those other sources might have some good things, but they're not Jesus. Amen? 
You see, whenever you want news, you've got to go to the source. Right? If you want directions from God, you don't go to the news sources. You go to who? Jesus. And so you've got to say, Jesus has purpose. God has given me. That's why people that are confused about who they are, that's why people that, are, that try to live like everyone else is because they don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I love that statement. You've heard it. You were born an original. Don't die a copy. Don't try to be someone else who you'll never be. Be who God made you to be. But that comes through having a life with Jesus. Amen? Are you following this? You see, thank you. Jesus wants you, you to be discipled. He wants a great purpose. He has a unique plan set for your life only that you can do for this earth. And unfortunately, sometimes we try to allow the world to tell us who we are. We try to get our acceptance from the world. We get our life and acceptance from Christ. Amen? You see, every one of us have a purpose, and that purpose is to touch people for God. Well, Pastor Stan, I just I work in a lab. No one ever sees me. I, you know, I, I do research, but there are still people you come in contact with on the metro. Sometimes people come into the lab. Well, Pastor Stan, I'm just I'm a researcher. I don't know. You, every one of us have a purpose, and that's to touch people's lives. Amen. Number two, the vineyard shows that you have been created and are regularly tended. To succeed. Isn't that awesome? More than you, God wants you to succeed. Can you imagine? I mean, I know how I want to succeed in everything. I want my kids to succeed. I want you to succeed. I want my church. I want my wife to succeed. But more so, God wants you to succeed more than you and I do. In fact, when a branch is regularly tended on the grapevine, it will have exceptionally high fruit. Now, how, how many of you ever had a garden? Three of you? How many know what a garden is? How about, let me, let me use, how many roses, how many of you know what rose, a rose bush looks like? Five of you? Some of you need to turn your computer off. Get off Facebook, get off Twitter, get off, and you need to go outside. Turn off that TV and go outside. There's, these, there's this thing called creation. Fruits, vegetables, peoples, grass, flowers. Now let, let me tell you, I've used this again before. Um, one of the homes that Olivia and I had in Salt Lake City, uh, there was this, it was a beautiful house, and the people before us put these beautiful rose bushes. They were beautiful. The house was great. It just looked beautiful. And, and, and so my dad, my dad grew up on a farm, and he, and he taught me about green stuff. And he said, Stan, you can't just let rose bushes or, or, or trees uh, that have fruit, you can't just let them grow wild. You've got to trim them back. And he says, in fact, if you want healthier, more beautiful flowers or beautiful, bigger fruit, you've got to trim them back. And so, knowing that, I began to trim these rose bushes. In fact, almost to the point, it's just the same thing. You can trim a rose bush to, almost to the stump, and it will just grow again. And so, so I get busy with life, and, and, and the rose bushes get a little gnarly. You can, they start growing, every, and they're like growing all over, and you know, doing all this weird-looking stuff, and they're looking ugly, and they're, they're not like these ugly-looking flowers are coming out. I'm like, oh, it's time to trim. So you get out there, and, and now it's a plant. I know some people are like, oh, don't hurt the plants. Oh, please. They're tougher than you think. And so I'm, I'm out there. I got this, you know, so I'm trimming them. Got to make this thing look good. And then within, guess what? Within a few weeks, it begins to grow nicer. And then all of a sudden, these big, beautiful roses begin to pop out. And I'm thinking, man, if I just stay on top of this. And you see, God sometimes, we want to like do this, right? We want to get, we want to crawl on, we want to grow on, and a vine just wants to grow everywhere. And God says, no, nah, you can't cut that out. You don't need to be doing that. You don't have time for that. Right? You, you definitely don't have time for that. And he says, you know what? You'll be more fruitful. And you'll have bigger fruit if you allow me 
to tend you. You see, the problem is because we're Americans. We live in America. We're, this is a democracy. No, this is a theocracy. God is in charge. But we resist God's tending. We resist His pruning, right? And we're like, God, why am I fruitful? And He's like, because you won't let me cut. You just want to be a wild brain. So it just keeps growing and goes and tries everything and you're just wasting a lot of time. You need to let me cut back on that junk. Cut that out of your life. Let me just cut back and so that you'll bear, you'll bear more fruit. You see, that's what God is trying to do. He is the tender of you. He wants you to succeed. And some of you say, you're trying to do everything. I was talking about this. Zoe had a soccer tournament. We were talking about parents and we were going through the story about how in this area, you know, if your kid's not in preschool, they're not going to go to Harvard. You know, if they're not in this elite soccer club or if they're not in this elite piano class at three, they're just going to be a failure. And so parents were running kids. Oh, I got a piano class over here and I'm going to take Jimmy to soccer and I got this algebra thing here and I got to do this. And so we're running our kids all over and they're spending all their energy and they can never become focused. And parents, you're doing the same thing. I got to get involved in this. I got to do this. And I, to be a better person, do it. And, and you're, you're wasting all this. You got these vines everywhere and you're not very fruitful. Do you hear the word of God to you today? Some of those things will survive. In fact, some of them, can I just be honest with you? They'll actually thrive if you weren't there. Because you can't do everything. I know we, I mean, I tell my kids, you can do whatever, but I, I'm even careful now. I say, you can do whatever God wants you to do. You can't do everything. You don't want me pulling your teeth. You don't want me trying to do open heart surgery on you. I have no idea. You don't want me, oh, never mind. I better stop. Let God tend you. Let Him work in your life. Amen? Let Him cut the junk out. Because then you'll bear fruit. So you all, you know, Pastor, I'm retired. No, fruitfulness is always until you go home to be with Jesus. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. Amen? Let God work through your life. Now, let me say this. This, this might sound rude, but this is what Jesus said. A lack of fruit in our lives is a sign that something is wrong. A lack of fruit in your life, in my life, shows that there's something wrong. A hard heart. Mistrust. Doubt. Maybe we're dabbling in stuff we shouldn't be dabbling. Maybe, maybe we've had too many people tell us some things and, and now we're messed up. Allow God to clean that junk up. In fact, Jesus said, because of my word, you are clean. Let the word of God clean your mind and your thoughts and heal your heart. Amen? The third thing, the vineyard... The third thing, the vineyard shows that, uh, how God will work in your life to achieve His purpose. I already talked a little bit about this. Clearly, clearly God the Father is active in your life every day. We all have those, where are you God? Why aren't you here? Why do I work for, for this crazy company? Why do I live by these crazy people? Why do I live in this crazy state? Because God is growing you up. You can't always have your cake and ice cream all the time. Can I just be honest with you? Life's not always happy. There's tough times. You don't always have the perfect job or the perfect boss or, or the perfect house. But you have the perfect God. And He's working on you. He's working through you. He's working through these things. You've got to let Him work. Amen? He is active. He is not a passive thing. He's present. He's not absent. He's committed. He's not casual. He is working through your life. Amen? The fourth thing, the vineyard shows that we are created, listen, for a living 
a living relationship with the living God. God's not dead. No atheist, no politician, no premier, no king, no president can tell you. They can tell you that, but it's just not true. God is not dead. And he wants a living relationship. Just as Jesus here, he's describing himself as the good shepherd. Imagine now the interconnectedness of God the Father working in your life. Again, trying to work in you. God is actively working in your life. Amen? He is alive. Call on him. The Bible says that if you lack wisdom, any man lacks wisdom, James says to what? Ask the Lord and it says he what? He will give it not just... He will give it a lot without condemnation. Did you know that? Sometimes we're like, God, I don't want to ask... I don't... Oh, gosh, this is such a stupid question. There's no such thing as a stupid question, unless it's a stupid question. We'll come back to that another day. But when you ask God, I don't understand. God says, I will love to tell you. I would love to show you. God is a patient God. Amen? So if you don't understand, say, God, I don't understand. Give me wisdom. Amen? He has a living relationship. He wants to know you. And by the way, in your prayer time, you've got to give time to God to speak to you. Don't just give him your Christmas. God, I need this, 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 thank you in Jesus' name. And I speak it forth in Jesus' name because we're spirit-filled. Amen. You've got to say, okay, Lord, I'm listening now. I know some of you, some of you, you're like me. You're hyper. I'm not that hyper. Not at all. But I can stand it for five seconds. You've got to give God time to speak. You've got to turn off all, the, uh, all this fluff and say, God, I want to hear. Turn off your cell phone. Throw it against the wall. If you, I don't know. Don't do that. Barry, I don't know what you need to do. But, but say, take a piece of paper, take your Bible and say, God, okay, I'm listening now. Speak to me. It might be awkward at first, but just let him speak to you. He wants to speak to you. If you stop listening to all the other voices and start listening to him, you'll have clearer direction. You will have peace. Amen? You will have joy. The fifth thing, the vineyard is proof that God wants to, you to be clear, not confused about His ways in your life. Again, God is not the author of confusion. Amen? Come on, say God is not the author of confusion. He does not confuse you. He is not confused. He did not make a mistake when you were born, male or female, black or white, Latino, Asian, Indian, wherever you're from, it wasn't a mistake. It was on purpose so that you could touch people, whoever you, you come in contact with. Amen? You're not to be confused. God's ways are very clear. Well, that's, that's for those monks and missionaries and pastors. No, no, God is clear. You can be the best CPA, the best hamburger flipper, teacher, professor, who knows what you do. Whatever you do, God can be very clear on how you do it. If you let Him speak to you. Amen? And in those things, here's a couple things. In those places, you're to be light in a dark world with no hope. You work with a bunch of godless people that are constantly... I mean, I've been in those workplaces where, where they're talking about every week, well, we got stoned, we got smashed, and I can't wait for the next week. I said, what a terrible way to live all week. You work all week so you can get smashed and drown away your sorrows. Why not have Jesus? Amen? He's talking about people and they're like, they're stressed about everything else. You're to be light to them. You don't have to answer every question they have. 
But when they do say things, say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. So I can say what you want me to say to them. You're to be light to them. You're to, you're, how many of you like grapes? How many of you know what grapes are? Grapes are delicious, by the way. Better than a Twix bar. Some of you may disagree, but I prefer fruit over candy. When I was younger, it was candy over fruit. Okay, and now it's fruit over candy. And the fruit from the grapes is not going to leave me drained after, you know. How many of your kids get the sugar high, right? They're like running all over the floor. You know, like, what did I do? You know, like, candy, candy. And then they crash and burn and they're like all cranky. But you see, when you eat grapes, it's good for you. Antioxidants. Your skin looks better, right? You smell better. Your teeth don't well. Anyway. But it's just, you have normal energy. And you see, you desire grapes. And you see, when there's grapes, fruit coming in your life, people want that fruit. I talked about that list. It's not because of your winsome smile. Hey, I'm such a cool person. I've got the greatest person. That might be, but it's but Jesus in you draws them to you. And that's fruit. They want, they want to know what you have. They want that fruit. Amen? God wants to use every one of us to glorify Him. Let's move on. Number two, what is fruit? I've got to move on. Number two, what is fruit? Fruit is this. I mean, you can read Titus 3 later. But fruit is letter A. Fruit is God's picture of eternal results stemming from your life. Okay? If I say apple, you might think apple tree or apple pie. Okay? A good for you snack. When, when you think of... What do you think of when you, when you hear God saying, bear fruit in your life? Well, lots of things. The first, obviously, is that we're to reach people for Jesus Christ. A fruitless church is not pleasing to God. A church not reaching people for Jesus is not pleasing to God. The great commission was not to be the great omission, the great suggestion, the great commission is to go into all the world and make disciples. God expects the church, He expects believers to share the faith of Jesus. Amen? Okay, that's His desire. Secondly, spiritual fruit coming out of your life, you can be a godly influence in your workplace. Amen? Remember I talked about love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, the fruits of the Spirit. Paul was encouraging the believers in a hostile environment to let the fruit of God flow out of our lives. Allow the fruit of God to flow in our lives. Amen? The fruit is this. We'll move on. Talking about, talk about Jesus. Loving people. Let it go. Let her, let her be. Fruit is the yield of your life. Okay, I talked about this. Fruit is leading people to relationship. John chapter 4. You can write this down. It talks about the harvest field. It's ripe for harvest. God is waiting for you and I to go to the harvest field and bring fruit back in. Fruit is, listen to this, okay? Fruit is teaching and encouraging other believers. Fruit is being available when other people need help. Fruit is genuine worship. Oh, I wish I had a little more time to talk about that. When worship music comes on, your fruit should begin to come out. Hands raised, singing times, or laying on your face, sitting quietly. Amen? Let me just read this to you. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that confess His name. And do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, what God is pleased. It pleases God. Like this morning, we had a rock and worship time. Power, because you were worshiping. God loves that. He loves it. Fruit is... 
An outward expression of God's Spirit working inside of your life. Again, the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is an outward expression of God's Spirit working inside your life, coming out. Whatever's inside your life is going to come out. Fear comes out. Doubt comes out. Faith comes out. Love, patience, peace, goodness, kindness, that all comes out. Amen? Fruit is also, I know this bugs some of you, but fruit is also giving of your tithes and offerings. That's part of worship. Amen? More fruit is giving to, find, uh, giving to missionaries. More fruit is doing good things around your workplace. Going the extra mile. I, I, know, I know you get caught up. I know your boss piles like 15 things for you to do every day. Some of you have 30 things. But on occasion, it's okay for you to stop and help the other work group. It's okay to open a door for someone. It's okay to say nice things to people. It's okay to be nice. It's okay to help your neighbor or, or vice versa, help another believer in Christ. Those are th- signs of fruit. Amen? Another fruit, this is very important in this negative age, is being a positive influence wherever you are. There's a lot of negative in this world. Amen? We need to be positive. Now, I'm not talking fake sugar. Hey, the world's going to hell. That's great. Praise the Lord. Hey, my, my, you know, hey, my, you know, the boss died. Now, praise the Lord. Now, don't do that. But just say, you know what, I'm sorry about that. But there is a God and He wants to come. Be, just be positive. Be, be positive influence in the classrooms, on the sports field, in, in, in the shop, in your job, in the, in the van, wherever you're at. Amen? Letter C. What kind of fruit are we bearing? What kind of fruit are we bearing? God is wanting you to bear good fruit. A, a grapevine, I told you about this, a grapevine's natural tendency is to grow down on the earth and just get dirty. And the Bible says that, the first part of this is John said that he cuts, and it really means, eros means he lifts it up first. He, he pulls it out of the dirt first. And a true vineyard, a, a grape grower, will come and what they do is they take buckets of water and they wash the leaves off the, the branches. Because if, if, if the leaves are in the muck, they get diseased. If you and I are in the muck of the world, guess what happens to us? We get diseased. We, we lose connection. And so the, so the, the, the vine just pulls you out of the muck. He washes you and He puts you up on the, on the trellis to grow. And, but your natural tendency is to keep going down. He will keep pulling you up, putting you and twisting you, putting you in the right place. He will begin to cut off some of those radical rebel shoots. Oh, I got... You don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm Sicilian and we, we have to sow our oats. No, you don't. Let God just cut that out. Amen? You, you don't understand. I mean, I had, I had some young ladies tell me, oh, my, my dad was a partier, my mom's a party, I'm a party. No. You don't have to do that anymore. You're free in Jesus. Come on, amen? amen. Allow God to work in your life. Let, let Him put good fruit in your life. Let Him sometimes take your natural... You see, my, my natural tendencies aren't always right. So I say, God, help me to keep my natural tendencies in check. Amen? You see this? I already said this. A cultivated vine is healthier and more fruitful. Would you rather live a fruitful, healthy life or a life that you're just in the muck all the time? Not bearing grapes or little sour grapes because you're just trying to do everything. Amen? Let God cultivate you. Let Him make you His trophy for His glory. Amen? You've got to be willing. Number three, results matter. I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to end. Results matter. John 15, 8. This is to my Father's glory that you, who's you? You. Talking to you. Right? My mom and dad do that, right? Well, my mom, she had the look in her eye. I'm, I'm like looking away. I'm, no, I'm talking to you. 
She might have got my name wrong with my brother's name, but she was looking at me and she's talking about God is saying, You, 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 me, we're to bear fruit. Much fruit. Showing ourselves to be disciples. Clearly, results matter to God. You see, Jesus revealed to his disciples that night in the vineyard, we're talking about that example, previously what, precisely what God glories in, what he requires. In fact, if you can imagine this, maybe Jesus was walking along and there was a basket, one was empty. One basket had a couple of minuscule fruits. One basket had some good, some good grapes. And then there was this huge basket with big grapes and overflowing. You see, the scripture talks about this in, in John uh, chapter 15, verse 2. It says this, He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, so the first is no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. Okay, so there's a couple things here. Jesus revealed to the disciples that fruit does matter. It's not just your intentions. Actions speak louder than thoughts and words. Amen. You can say you love someone, but if they don't know that, and you don't show them, they don't know. Amen? You see, I, I love this. I mean, I love all seasons. I'm glad the summer's coming to an end. I love fall because football, I mean, because of the cooler weather. Um, and God's team won last night. The Broncos won. Isn't that awesome? You were thinking the Redskins, but it's God's team is the Broncos. But all right, I'll quit kidding around. I love the springtime when the flowers bloom and the fruit trees bloom. I love that time of the year. I, my, my allergies sometimes don't like, but I love it. I love seeing the flowers. Right? How many like that? Oh, Pastor, you're a softy. Hey, I'm tough too, but I love God's creation. But here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's hone in a little bit on the tree, the tree, the fruit tree blossoms. You see, with the fruit trees, the blossoms signal the potential for the fruit. The flowers are not the fruit. You see, if a fruit tree just was flowers all the time, and there's no fruit, and you, and you were a, a, a fruit grower, what would you do? Something's wrong with this tree. Remember what Jesus did to the fig tree? Remember that? It wasn't bearing figs. He cursed it. You see, a fruit grower, he's going to look at the tree. Okay, I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to dig around it. I'm, I'm going to, Jesus, in fact, use an example. I'm going, to, I'm going to trim some branches off. I'm going to fertilize it and give it another year or two. And you see, fruit matters to God. And you see, the blossoms are pretty and they smell good, but they're not the fruit. And I think God is tired of Christians smelling good and being nice alone. You should smell good. You should be nice. But that's not the fruit of life. The fruit of life is allowing God to work in your life. In fact, you've heard this. There, there, I remember reading a story about soccer moms who, who didn't want their kids to have their psyche destroyed. And so they, they created the soccer league. There's no score. There's no champion. All the kids get trophies at the end of the season. But the fact was the kids knew the score. In fact, my kids, when they early on were playing soccer, and they, they did that no score, but my kids would all say, Dad, we lost 3-1, to one, or we, lo- we won 5 to nothing." And You're not supposed to keep scoring, but they do. Results do matter. Amen? In fact, in fact, results are a natural part of life. Try telling your boss that no one cares about the results. Try telling your boss, I'm not coming in today, you can give me my paycheck, because this doesn't matter. I, I look good. I smell good. What's going to happen to your job? Bye. 
Tell your kids, you know what, it doesn't matter about your grades. It, I don't, don't, don't go to class if you don't want to. Just sit and draw pictures. I don't care. Goof around in class. Grades don't matter because it just you're a nice kid. You're going to ruin your kid. Results do matter. But you see, in the church, we have it all wrong. We, we work hard at work. We tell our kids, you better get straight A's. You, you know, you better work hard. You better, you better do all this. And, and your boss tells you, and, you, and yet work, you're like, you gotta work hard. But when it comes to church work, we're like, hey, we're nice people. We're nice. Fruit is what God wants, not just niceness. Amen? Amen? You see, God, you know, well, God doesn't care about numbers. Well, yes, He does. Why did He have the parable of the sheep, the, the, the going for the one from the 99? Numbers matter to God. You matter to God. Someone reached out and told you about Jesus. Well, numbers don't matter. No, numbers matter to God. In fact, there's a book called Numbers. <laughs> okay? He cares about people. Well, tell God, I'm just a faithful church attendant. He said, that's fine, but now what are you going to do with the church? Are you tithing? Are you praying? Are you winning people? Are you involved in the ministries? Are you doing something at the church? No, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice lady. He's like, no, that's not what I'm calling you to do. Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit, right? Where is it? Verse 8 says, much fruit. Fruits that will last. Quantity does matter to God. Well, it doesn't matter. It's just the heart. It's just the heart. Remember, there's the four levels. Letter B, let me move on. Number four. Number, uh, letter B, four. Four levels of fruit bearing. Level one, no fruit. Verse two, no fruit. Number two, fruit. Verse two. I talked about that. There's no fruit, fruit, and then there's more fruit. Verse three, but check this out in verse five. John 15, five. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If any man remains in me, in him, he will bear much fruit. And then verse eight. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. He's not just, he's excited there's fruit coming from your life, but he wants much fruit. He doesn't like fruitless Christians. Never mind fruity Christians. There's a lot of those. God wants fruitful Christians. So here's the last thing for you and I today. Where do you think, or what do you think is your level of fruit bearing? Where is it at today? If the master vine dresser harvests your branch this year for his glory, how much honor would he receive from the fruit in your life or lack of fruit? You see, fruit does matter. One day I'm going to stand before God. And I can't just preach to you all the time, oh, you're a good person, you know, here's how to do spiritual warfare. If you're not using that stuff to reach people, there is going to be a day of reckoning. God is going to call me home. He is going to call you home. He's going to ask you, what did you do for me? Well, I went to church. That's not what I asked you to do. Yes, go to church, but I want you to make disciples. I wanted you to be godly influence in your work, your home, your school, your neighborhood, on the sports field, in the shopping malls. Amen? God does care about fruit. Will He receive glory because there's a lot? Because there's some, or there's little, there's none? Would you heed the voice of the Spirit today? Would you allow God to begin to prune stuff out of your life? Would you stand me this morning? You see, the master vine dresser, the master gardener, he is trying to work in your life for you to become more fruitful. And some of you are resisting him. And God is a loving God. He never forces himself on you. He says, you can be fruitful if you allow me. I will make you more fruitful. I don't know about you, but I want to be more fruitful for God. 
I want my life to count. I'm only 48 and I don't know how. I might have another day. I might have another 20 years. I might have another 50 years. But I, I want to know that when I end my life on this earth, that I was very fruitful for God. That I wasn't told to live my life by other people, but I was connected to Jesus, the vine. And He was my life. Amen? You see, once you and I begin to cooperate, we will bear much fruit and fruit that will last. Father, help us to be fruitful people. Let's be nice. Let us be pretty. Let us be good looking. But Lord, more importantly, let the fruit of God come out of our lives. And Lord, you spoke to me clearly. You expect fruit in my life. You're telling everyone in this room that you expect fruit of our lives. That fruit is worship. That fruit is being godly. That fruit is being a, a positive influence. That fruit is raising up our kids and our teenagers to know Jesus. That fruit is to share to our neighbors. That fruit is to be uh, active in our church. That fruit is to be giving and caring and sharing for people that, that are in need, Lord God. Help us, God, to be fruitful because time is running out. Time is short. You may come back tomorrow. It might be 20 years, but Lord, we are to live like you're coming back today. And we want to be fruitful so that when you do call us home, that we have lived our lives fully for you, fruitful for you, God. And Lord, there are many of us in this room, and I do it sometimes too, excuse me, is we resist the pruning. We resist the forming. Help us to grow where you want us to grow. Help us to let go of things that are, that are pulling us down. Help us to even get away from people that are dragging us down and pulling us, pulling us into the mud. Because you want to lift us up out of the mud. You, the, word, the Word says you've washed us so that we're clean now. We don't have to live in the mud anymore. And we'll be healthier. We'll be more fruitful, God. That when people come to our lives, they, they see the love of Jesus coming out of our lives. Not just by words, but by deeds as well. Friends, there's two things I want to do. A couple things I want to have an altar time. But the first is this. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, the true vine, the source of life. And this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to you see, you know what, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, would you just quickly raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Jen. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If you've never done that, raise your hand up and raise it down. Okay, I trust that you've done that. Here's the next thing. It's very simple. I want you to come to the front and let the Lord deal with you about what He's dealing with you about. Some of it is this. Say, you know what? I want to be more fruitful. Come to the front. Say, God, I want to be more fruitful. I want to be fruitful in my life. Come to the front. Say, I want to be more fruitful in my job, in my spiritual life, with my kids, in my singleness. In my Come on. I want to be more fruitful. Come on down. Say, God, I want to allow you to cut some stuff out of my life that's pulling me down. That's draining me. That's, that's giving me headaches. That's pulling life out. Come on down. Say, I want to be more fruitful, God. And then secondly, God, I want, I want to allow you to cut some stuff out of my life that's draining me. That's pulling me down. Come on. Let God work on you. Come on. And then finally, the third one is just come on to the front. Crowd in, whatever you need to do, come to the sides. The last one is just say, God, I give you permission to form me. You, some of you, you're trying to be someone else. And God is saying, I've called you to be the same. Come on now, say, I give God permission to form me. I give God the permission to, to put me where I need to go. I, I give Him permission to place me where I'm to live, who I'm to marry, or, or who I'm who I'm to be single, or with a job, or a career, the schooling, whatever, the trade school. Come on down. Say, I want to be more fruitful for God. I want fruit that will last because God requires fruit of our lives. Then the second thing is I want God to cut junk out of my life. I want to allow Him to cut. It's going to hurt a little bit, but I'm going to be more fruitful. And then finally... I want to allow God to be able to tend me, to put me in the places where I need to go, that He'll form me. Father, would you begin to work on my friends in Jesus' name? They came down because they want to be fruitful. Lord, we don't need fruity Christians anymore. We don't need fruitless churches that just talk nice stuff. We need churches that are winning people to Jesus Christ. So part of that fruit for all of us, Lord, is winning people to the kingdom by just being a light, being a witness, being a positive influence, speaking when you tell us to speak to them. 
And then, Father, some of us, we need to allow you to cut us up. Cut some junk out. Cut some things. Cut some friends out. Cut some bad influence off. If it means we need to be delivered from cable TV, if it means we need to be uh, delivered from, from computers and, and, and all that stuff for a little while, deliver us from that so that does not tell us who we are. If it means we've got to be delivered from politicalism, God, help us. If it, if it means that we've got to let go of some habits, give us the desire to let go of those habits, God. If it means getting rid of some friends and saying, you know what, these people pull me down. I can't live with them anymore. I don't want to be rude, but I can't live with them. Give us the strength to walk away from them, God. And then for some of us, God, we're resisting the forming. We're resisting where you're telling us to go. You're, you, we're resisting you helping us or allowing other people to come and speak into our eyes. I know sometimes, God, 